We are back. It is season three of The Top Step. Now, I know it's been a while. I've gotten a lot of messages on social media, in my email inbox, asking, hey, where have you gone? What happened to the podcast? I've just been busy. It's been a busy summer. I've been broadcasting with the Mariners, been working hard, doing TV and radio. I've been doing baseball camps uh, with Next Gen Baseball. It has been a busy summer but we are back. Plus, I want to kind of figure out where I was going with this show. I wanted to sort of upgrade a little bit, and that's exactly what we've done for season three. We'll get to that in a second. Now, like I said, it's been a busy summer. Major League Baseball is back, full swing, 162 games, and I will never, ever take for granted fans in seats. Going to T-Mobile Park and just hearing that real noise, not not fake fan noise. I'm talking real fan noise. Walking around the ballpark, I've been with a family a couple times as well. Man, I'll never take that for granted. So it's, it's been a fun summer. Now, I know down in Australia where half, half my listeners are coming from, Sydney, Melbourne, it's been a tough winter for you guys with the lockdown. Been following along with the family, my friends. So I'm hoping at, l- at the very least these episodes will give you a bit of a laugh, a bit of a distraction when we talk about our Australianisms, talk about baseball, whatever it may be. So... Hang in there, guys. The light is at the end of the tunnel. It'll all be over soon. You guys will be hopefully back to normal very, very soon. So I want to talk about the show. I've made a few changes. uh, And before we get started into that, I want to introduce someone who he's been on the show twice with me before, uh, once on his own and once with a couple other Aussie baseball players. I have been blown up. When is Grant Balfour coming back to the top step? So what I've done, and he is all in, he is going to be co-hosting with me from now on. It's going to be Grant Balfour, Ryan Rowland-Smith on the top step. And it has been, so far, a blast, man, setting up for this first show we're doing today. It's been a lot of fun. So if you're not quite familiar with Grant Balfour, some of my Mariner fans, or if you're listening from Australia and not a baseball fan, let me tell you about this guy. First of all, 10-plus year career in the big leagues. Right, That's hard enough to do as it is. He's been through... Tommy John surgery, he's had shoulder surgery, he's been released, he's been traded, he's done it all. He's also pitched in a World Series, uh, excuse me, he's also pitched in a World Series 2008 with the Tampa Bay Rays, and he's also an MLB All-Star, one of the, arguably one of the most successful athletes ever to come out of Australia. Uh, And more importantly to all that, he has meant a lot to me. I don't think you guys quite understand. My career, I would never have gotten to do some of the things I've done or had the mindset, the mentality, or some of the success if it wasn't for Grant Balfour. He's been someone I've leaned, leaned on heavily. I've looked up to him my whole career. Uh, and he's become a really, really uh, special friend to me. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, so speaking of the show, we're going to make a couple changes. Basically, we're going to be talking baseball. The topics in baseball, the playoffs are coming up. We're going to be talking a lot about that. Grant has pitched in the playoffs a ton. Uh, He's been through signing multi-year deals when it comes to free agency. He's dealt with Tommy John surgeries. He knows everyone in the game. So we're going to be talking baseball. We're also going to have some fun too. We're going to have a little Aussie segment at the end. I haven't named it yet. Now, if you have any ideas what you want to name this segment, you might call it typical Aussie behavior or Australianisms or something like that, let me know. Shoot, Shoot me a message on Instagram or Twitter. It's at hyphen 18. Shoot me a message and let me know what you think we need to name this Aussie segment. It is hilarious. Basically making fun of Aussies, making fun of ourselves. Can't take ourselves too seriously. And if you're American, maybe you might learn something. Or even Canadians, you might learn something as well. Speaking of that too, if you have any questions 
or any stories we want to tell for Grant or myself, please hit me up at, at hyphen 18 on Twitter or, or Instagram and we'll get them on. This is the season we're going to give a bunch of shout outs to our listeners. We have some amazing listeners. They always tell me how much they like the show. So I want to give some love back to them as well. Not to mention, we are going to have a bunch of guests on this show, whether it's MLB players, uh, whether it's Australian athletes, some of our very close mates, some funny stories. All right, so let's get into it. And please enjoy this episode as Grant Balfour joins me for good on the top step. No matter what happens, Ryan Roland Smith has something to tell his grandkids right here. First appearance of the big leagues. <laughs> Hall of Famer. Famer. <laughs> Especially if he strikes them out. Here comes the one-two pitch to Junior now. The breaking ball. He struck him out. Yeah, that will be a story for the rest of his life. As he strikes out Ken Griffey Jr. And the inning is over. The one You'll inning it was. Is it cleared? My goodness! This this is Grant Balfour being Grant Balfour. Yeah. He he is as you mentioned, Jim. He's amped up. He talks a lot. It's not personalized, but he talks a lot. In fact, he has the demeanor of a guy that wants to fight you. Grant, welcome, buddy. Hey, mate, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, dude. Listen to this, man. This is great. So I had you on, uh, when, when when did you come on? It was last year, early last year, right, during, during COVID. Yeah, yeah, it's been a little while. Yeah, it was early last year, but um, we had a lot of fun with it. We did it a couple of times, one, yeah, uh, one-on-one with you and then one with the boys, uh, with Liam and <laughs> Hendricks and uh, Peter Moylan. So, yeah, dude, you were a such a hit. You were such a hit, man. The people have, people have asked me. I went back to Australia in January, especially, and people, hey, man, the, the Grant Balfour episode, that was my favorite. I was like, oh, yeah. And then and I've been asking you, I've been dropping hints for the last couple of months. I was like, hey, hey, is there any chance you want to come back? But this is a full-time thing. I think you and I have such good conversations on the phone. Some of them will probably get canceled if we ever, ever, ever release any of those conversations. But it's always fun talking to you, man. It's always some good laughs. We're going to have some good laughs on this show. but. One other thing that you do really well, you break the game down the way it is today. Obviously, you've had an amazing career and you've got so many stories and everything. So this is going to be fun, man. We're going to get to all that throughout your time here. Not not this first episode. We'll be here for hours, but we're going to get to all that. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. No, man, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, um, you know, joining up with you here on the top step uh, for all the listeners and all the followers out there. I'm looking forward to a new season. And I hope you all are too. So, uh, yeah, um, mate, let's get it started. Great. I, I get asked all the time, you know, around because I'm obviously connect, connected through Major League Baseball for broadcasting and we're, we're playing the A's. I talk to the A's radio all the time, the Oakland Athletics. I, you know, talk to people in Tampa Bay when Tampa comes to town. And they're always asking, you know, everyone around the game, you go down to MLB Network over on, on your side of the country. And they're always asking what's Grant up to. You were on MLB Network last year and they kind of asked you, you know, what you've been up to and everything else. But what you got done 2015. Since then, what do you, what have you been doing, man? I mean, it's been easy for me because I'm chatting away up here in Seattle and doing stuff back in Australia. What, what have you been doing? Like, what does someone do? They get done playing 2015. What do you do? You just hang out on the jet ski? What are we doing for the last couple of years? Yeah, mate. I mean, I, uh, you know, I'm living the family life. I got uh, got a couple of kids, so 
um, it kind of worked out well for me in a way. You know, I, I got to play 19 years of professional baseball and a bunch of those in the big leagues. So, you know, the kids were just getting ready to go into school. And um, so I've been very lucky to be able to, you know, take the kids to school and pick them up from school every day and, and enjoy, you know, that ride with them, uh, going down and enjoying their sports and, and following them. And, you know, they, they, uh, they obviously were behind me the whole time when I was playing. And it's nice now to follow them and their careers. And so been doing a lot of those type of things. And then, uh, you know, trying to keep up with a few other things to pay the bills, mate, keep the roof open. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's, it's interesting because I always see people, they always pop up here and they're guys who they made a ton of money, had really good careers. And they always say at the end of the career, they always say, hey, look, I'm just going to, you know, when I'm done, I'm just going to play golf every day. Or I'm just going to do this or do that. But there is that feeling where you got to be pr- productive somehow, right? Once you get done playing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can only have 70 rounds of golf and, and <laughs> bloody hell, it's hot down here in Florida, mate. You know, you'll melt. <laughs> Are you a golfer? But, um, no, I have, you know, I'll, I'll go and chew a course up. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm <laughs> brutal, man. It's something about it's something about golf and baseball. I don't get it. When I came to the States, I was 18, knew nothing about golf at all. Like, I could care yeah. less. You know, Australians just don't really play golf. They do. I mean, there's a couple of pros running around. But, like, over yeah. here, mate, every every man and their dog plays plays golf. Like, and, and everyone's like, oh, you want to go play? I'm like, I've never played in my life. Yeah, well, especially down here in Florida, mate. You know, it's uh, – one of the golf capitals of the world, I suppose you'd say. I mean, I'm not you know, a big enough golfer to know, but there's definitely a ton of courses. Actually, uh, i got the shirt on here. I'll try and jump up here. For oh, look at that. 2021 PJ. Look at you. Kiwa. Just around up at Kiwa there. That'll put you in check and let you know how your golf game is. Where is that at? Up in South Carolina. What were you doing out there? I was just up there for a charity event with MLB. Some PGA Pro-Am or something. Did the, did the, uh, did the softball um, charity game. Nice. Yeah, two, two for four, mate. Two for four. <laughs> two <blind bats. laughs> hey, did you, uh, have any, did you have any at-bats in the big leagues? Yeah, I had a couple. Weren't pretty. How'd you, how many did you have? Uh, I didn't have, well, I didn't have I, many either, but I, I was a starting pitcher. You, you came out of the bullpen all the time. So yeah. how'd you look? Uh, only two ABs. And we never swung. Never did, never did batting practice. Only the starters. So... You know, I, uh, the only time I actually got the swing of bat really um, was when I went over to the National League to take a little batting practice. But um, sure enough, I, I had the two at-bats when I was with the Rays. And um, one of them, I remember I was out in Colorado. I, had to, I was going out there. I think I pitched three innings that day. And the only reason I actually got the at-bat is because I was pitching so good. They want to keep me in the game, which is a good thing. But then when you go up to the plate, <laughs> uh, it's not so pretty, you know? Do you remember your face? Yeah, play some tall bloke. Uh, he was a late inning reliever. I'm trying to remember his name. Anyway, <laughs> I need to look 90, that up, man. 96 on the black, and I was like, "You're kidding, aren't you?" <laughs> I faced. Oh, by the way, I was I was shit myself when I got out. I yeah. never forget. Like, I, first of all, uh, spring training, uh, we ha- I had to go down back in Arizona. You used to do that trip down to Tucson, the bus oh, yeah. ride down, and with the Rockies were down. I mean, I, I sound old. I sound like you know we played 30 years ago. But we yeah. did the bus ride down, I remember, and they're like, oh, hey, pitchers have to hit today, so make sure you go grab a helmet and go grab a couple of bats. <laughs> I'm like, what am I doing? And sure enough, I'm riding that bus down for spring training, and, and a couple of my buddies are like, dude, when was the last time you hit? I was like, I don't know. We got down there, took some BP in the cage, right? Couldn't even get the thing, like, 
I, I could making con- I was just like, just make contact in front. All these blokes are lined up, you know, just giggling at me. Remember my, yeah. Michael Morse? Mike Morse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him. Yeah, yeah he was Big just, bloke. Yeah, he was loving it, right? So he was one of my teammates. Sure yeah. enough, I'm, I get up to hit. I'm facing Jason Marquis, who, by the way, he's like, at this point in spring training, he's starting like 86, 87, just trying to get his work in, whatever. But, but yeah. turbo sinker. Sure enough, whack, base hit. I went two for two off him. <laughs> These little, <laughs> little, little grubbers down past the third baseman. And I'm like, oh. dude, everyone came running out of the dugout like I just won the World Series. It was awesome. It was unreal. What a feeling, mate. That's oh, a great, great feeling. But during the season, it was just an absolute shocker. It, it was uh, – tried to lay a bunt down the last time I ever got to hit and just got laughed at. Buster Posey was sitting right here laughing at me. And yeah. I go back in the dugout and Kirk Gibson just absolutely lets me have it, mate, for not getting this bunt down. And I was like, dude, uh, I'm a freak. I'm a pitcher. What you, like, I'm fine. Yeah. But, it, it, dude, it's something, man. Like, when, when you watch these guys hit, and you, you, obviously you know they're good. But then when you get in there to try and hit, you're facing, like you said, like 95 plus. Forget about it. It is nuts. Yeah, I mean, it's um, – I, I give them a lot of credit for being able to track the ball and know the strike zone and, and stuff like that after, you know, it's just it, – it's tough. I mean, I remember the first pitch I saw, and obviously, you know, first time you're in the box, but you see that pitch down and away. You think it's three foot off the plate, so you take <laughs> – and uh, the umpire calls a strike. You're like, what? Turn around. Like, Come on. He goes, yeah, it was right there on the corner. I said, you're kidding. That looked like it was three foot off the plate. You know yep. what, though? Right there, I mate. will say this, man. There was a there was a couple of times where I'm looking at the pitch going, I can actually see that pretty good. I can actually see it. But I was super late on it. But oh, like, yeah. at least I can see it. But then I'd get in my head. So I'd get back out the pitch. I'm throwing my warm up thinking, they must see this from a mile away. I'm like, how are they missing this? Because I'm no, pumping no. like, you know. Pumping nothing compared to what I just saw. But hey, speaking of that, man, and and you've been it's been a couple of years since you played now, but there's still guys playing that you played against. So yeah. Miguel Cabrera just recently, right? Just goes yeah. 500 tanks for career milestone, 500 home runs. Yeah. And when you look at that from the outside looking in, sometimes it it, it fades away from mm-hmm. me that feeling of actually playing the game and how hard it is and sticking around and everything else. But you watch Miguel Cabrera hit 500 home runs, and you think, oh, yeah, well, he's really good. He's played for ages. Yeah, that's what he's supposed to do. Yeah. But then when you sort of dive into the numbers of how frigging hard that is, it starts to hit you, man. You're like, holy shit, that takes a lot of baseball, a lot of years to be really good to get to that point. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, I mean, we know the game of baseball, and I think once you um... – have gotten into professional baseball and into a long season of 162 games, even the minor leagues, 140 odd games. You know, you know the game of baseball. You you you're banking on consistency. You know what I mean? You want to be a, be able to go out there and be consistent day in day out. Put up the numbers. Um, it's a big numbers game, as we all know. A lot of statistics. But um, <laughs> to 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 look back um, and look and think, all right, this bloke's hit. You know what? 40 homers for for 10 years. I mean, you know, that's that's ridiculous. Or you can look at it 25 for 20 years. However you want to cookie cut it, it doesn't really matter. It's it's a, it's a great achievement, and that's why there's only a short list. Um, so, yeah, congratulations to him. And, um, yeah, mate. Dude, he's a beast, mate. Do you remember facing him? I do, yeah. I do remember facing him. Um, I actually used to have a good laugh with him or whatever. And then I remember one year I kind of got stuck into him for walking down the line. Oh, really? I was, I wasn't even pitching. And from that day on, I think he was just – he wouldn't 
we kind of got into it a bit, but uh, that's all right. A bit of good fun, a bit of, uh, you know, a bit of sportsmanship, mate. Yeah. So what happened? So hold on. So, so tell that story. So now this is obviously not Victor Martinez. That's a famous, famous story, story where you and him uh, got into it. But to, to the, the Miguel Cabrera, so what happened there? So what? Because you were fine. Everyone knows you were just an absolute animal when you were pitching. Completely different, by the way. And, and if you if you listen, you wonder what Grant Balfour is like because you've, you've watched him pitch or you're going back and, and watch the highlights or whatever. Yeah, he was an – you were just an absolute rager on the mound. But off the mound, I will say this, and you, if you're going to listen to more of Grant, dude, you're like the, the – you're like straight flicker switch, super cool dude away from everyone asked me he's like, hey what was he like just hanging out with was he in, was he crazy i was like no, dude, he was totally fine so what yeah, happened yeah. there with miguel cabrera so where well, you uh, walked take, you walked too slow or something taking me medication you know <laughs> um, <laughs> um no it was just one of those things but i was just super competitive honestly it was in the moment thing i can remember it because we played them back to back with oakland um we we're in detroit you know and we played them back to back this in the playoffs yeah, playoffs in 12, and they beat us. Then playoffs again in 13. I just remember facing him and, and having good success against him. But, um, yeah, I just remember one day he walked and whatever, and he's or he, something happened, and he was just kind of like get, going real slow down the line, whatever, and I was kind of yapping at him. <laughs> Obviously, it was, it was my fault, you know, if you look at it like that. But yeah. um, I was just kind of getting trying to get him rattled up and get him fired up a bit, just trying to, I don't know. I just, yeah, yeah. I was, I was a little frustrated at the fact that the way the game was going. I wasn't pitching in it at the time, but... Um, You're sledging. Yeah, mate. yeah, I was kind of sledging him a bit, getting into him. So he took it... <laughs> I think he took it to hard. We, we need to, if you wonder what sledging means, we're going to have to say that to the end of this because we are going to do a little Aussie segment at the end of every every show, basically right. Australianisms or <clears throat> typical Aussie behavior or some translations for everyone. So we'll save that till, till later. But, dude, you, you had some success. Now, I don't know if these numbers count against Miguel Cabrera. I don't know if these numbers count for the playoffs as well. But you're – I mean, you must know because you must have it printed up on your wall, right? Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> Hang on, yeah, let, me yeah. go, let me grab it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I looked it up. To, to, in all fairness, you didn't know. I actually looked it up last night because I was looking through yeah. and thinking – because I wanted to talk to you about Miguel Cabrera and some of these other, some of these other blokes who are hitting milestones. He was one for seven, right? How many punch-outs did he have? O for seven, you told me. Oh, O for seven. Oh, I thought he was. Oh, it's my bad. O for seven. I'll have to have another look. O for seven. Buddy, got a hit off me, did he? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I just remember you telling me he's O for seven with o three for seven. Chats, but I walked him five times apparently. So yeah, but yeah, obviously just the scared. bloke was a. I mean, he was a big threat with the bat, you know, no doubt. Um, and I think there's some guys you have success against, and there's other guys. You know, you can't seem to get out for some reason. They seem to own you. Um, I do remember him telling me at one point he had a hard time picking up my fastball. Um, right. He had a hard time seeing it and picking it up. When did he tell guy, you that? Like, where, where was this uh, at? During BP or something? It was like BP or something or he, whatever reason. I don't think he really – he's the kind of guy that's real low-key, easy going, like jokes around in the game, right? He's that good where yeah, he's yeah. just like – he's pretty, pretty relaxed. Like, yeah. you know, you see him joking around and stuff, which is great, you know? But um, he's a bloke you go have a beer with down at the pub, if, you know, when you knock oh, off work. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. He'd uh, <laughs> sit there, he'd walk into uh, Newey Pub, and yeah, he'd be sitting there at the end. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe have a slap on the pokes, or maybe, yeah, yeah, have a punt. Go to no, the TV. I, I, 
I think he'd be keen for a punt, this bloke. <laughs> he's got him some money, so, you know. He probably, yeah, he's, he's, a crack. he's got a stack of money, mate. He could just bloody – he could put oh, all yeah. kinds of – or kinds of bet, kinds of uh, bets on race four. Let me tell you. Hey, um, so uh, okay. So you mentioned a couple of guys that own you. Now I like looking through. Oh, I always do this when I'm you know bullshitting around, looking up numbers and stuff like that. So I looked up yeah. first of all Adrian Beltre. He just got done playing, right? Yeah. What was it? he was what one for twenty eight against you? I don't know. You told me so. Right? <laughs> I don't know what you told me. I'm setting you up uh, here. You, you, you said you said he was one for twenty against me. One for twenty. I thought it was twenty-eight. I'll tell you right. Oh, sorry, my bad. No, he he was. Here we go. I got it right here. He's two for twenty. Two for twenty. Two strikeouts. There we go. Uh, then you got. 20. Um, I'll tell you, he hit you pretty good. Mark to share. Ah, right, here we go. Oh, look at this. Derek G to two thirty-five off you. Uh, he, I'll take that. Four hits, three punch outs. Yeah, that was good. Now, one guy who – and I, I, we have a lot of people listening from Seattle here, so I need to throw this name out here. And if you can guess, you can guess quickly before I say it. But, mate, Ichiro Suzuki, he owned you, dude. What's going on? 429 against you. Some battles there. He cried. He, he, he took you deep one time, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He might have taken me deep twice. Actually, I think he, he took me deep once. I remember it was a change-up. Probably didn't – probably it was – Probably ninety mile an hour changeup. Probably my changeup wasn't that great. Didn't have much difference in my basketball. <laughs> probably just a BP heater. He just laid into it. I remember he, yeah, I remember he, he was hitting lefty obviously because he switched right. Oh, sorry, he was hitting lefty, but he was, uh, um, yeah, he just hooked it down the line, right through the line. He <laughs> <laughs> for six, six mate. <laughs> Put it into the grandstand. But, um, yeah, into the grandstand. I mean, he, I do remember, um, you know, back back when I first came up in 01 with the Twins, I mean, I faced Seattle. That was the year they won, what, 116 games and hold the record for All the right. most wins. Ridiculous. Unless, yeah. unless the Rays can pull it off this year. I think they're <laughs> on pace for 102, they say. But, yeah, um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, he came up. You know, he was his rookie year. That was, yeah. The same, obviously, my rookie year too. But I mean, this this bloke was the MVP and the rookie of the year that year, you know. And uh, he's gone and laid a bunt down the line, and mate, sneaky bugger. Yeah. <laughs> nor me, nor the third baseman could do anything about it. It was like eight ball corner pocket, mate. It was all game over. <laughs> but he, was around, he was around him for a second. He was that quick. <laughs> <laughs> and that was in the that was in the Metrodome, right? On that. Yeah. On what would you call it? Table. I'm the snooker table. Table, mate. <laughs> yeah, uh, so you take BP out there, and you just you didn't even have to throw the ball back in when you were out in the center field. You know, when you were shagging <laughs> for BP, you just roll it in with your hand and roll all the way back to second. <laughs> and, uh, and for some of you young, for some of you tin lids out there, you kids, listen to this: the Metrodome was the dome before Target Field. Target Field, it's a it's a great spot. And then Grant came up with the Twins. I remember because there was a bunch of Aussies coming up with the Twins at that. Well, not a bunch of Australians coming up with the Twins, but there's a lot in the system. But you had you and Brad Thomas, a couple other guys. But um, I remember that place. That was a hard turf too. That was like the old school '80s turf. Like, oh yeah, Mate, bounced it was, off that. It was like, it's like that. a tennis court no yeah. under it. <laughs> Corey Hunter used to lay out on that thing like it was his job, which it was. But I mean, you know, you get yeah. carpet burns the whole nine. So I mean. Honestly, to, to think back on what that guy did out there, actually, you know, on that type of field, it's it's insane. Um, Tory Hunter, yeah, he took me deep. I think a couple times. I'd have to have a look up on my little stat 
website here I got, but um, yeah, he was man, he was he was a weapon. He was with uh, the Angels, so a bunch. I, I faced him a bunch, man. I remember when, when Mike Trout first came up, Tory Hunter was up there. I'm thinking to myself, and no one really paid attention, especially out in LA. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, people don't really pay attention to like baseball that much. They like it when you know the teams winning and they're on the bandwagon. But I remember watching. You saw Tory Hunter and Mike Trout in the same outfit. You're like, oh man. He, this dude's a stud. He's going to be one of the best players. I wasn't going to say he's going to be the best player in the world, but yeah. Torrey Hunter's a stud. No one even paid any attention to that whatsoever to, to the point where I went to this auction, I went to this charity event, and there was this yeah. huge poster both signed <laughs> Torrey Hunter and Mike Trout. So they're, they're both standing there together oh. in the outfield, big like a big frame picture. I've got it somewhere in the storage unit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hold on to that, mate. Yeah, and it was at this auction, but like this silent auction, no one bid it on. I'm like, I'm looking at, I'm, I'm with me missus. I'm like, have a go. This is a bloody steal. Yeah. And yeah. so, I, yeah, up with a couple of bucks down, bang, got it. Not one person bid it on that. And there's all this other, you know, crap on the table. Like, it's like winning the meat tray, mate, down the club. <laughs> it's <laughs> like I just killed on the meat tray. It's like winning two meat trays, mate. Oh, mate, you can't have two meat trays. Yeah, it could feed, like. me, feed me for three weeks, mate, the, the old meat tray right. or, the, or the seafood tray, seafood oh, platter. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what, that was a good weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, up on the Gold Coast. We got of a Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> cr- 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 Chrissy Holidays up on the Gold Coast, mate, with a seafood platter. Save you yeah. a bunch of money saying, go get the kids some brezzies. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just give you misses that for Chrissy. Just say, oh, here you go. There yeah, you go. There's yeah. a Christmas present. Yeah, good on you. Keep up the good work. <laughs> but hey, but, but talking about some of these guys, like you look at that 500 home runs. Yeah. And you and you look at some of these milestones. So first of all, I want to do a bit of bit of maths, a bit of maths, as you say in Australia. Yeah. For him, for 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 the when you're talking like hits, like three thousand hits, five hundred home runs. Think about this, man. Yeah, you played the big leagues for a long time, and it was it was a tough slog, and it yeah. was a great. You had a great career, but you had injuries. You had dealing with performance, dealing with you know doing really well and. Um, and teams telling you we're going to non-tend you and all this other crap. You know what I mean? Like you, yeah. you play for 10 plus years. I mean, I had a, I had a rinky dink career and I still feel like it was a tough slog and went forever, you know, uh, and just trying to battle through. But when you look at that, you go, let's say you play 20 years in the big leagues, right? Yeah. You literally think of it like this. And, and just to put this into perspective, to hit 500 home runs or even come close to that, you have to hit at least 25 for 20 years. And yeah. I don't know what the percentages of players. It's nuts, man. Like, how many guys do you know who played 20 years in the big leagues? Or did you play with who played 20 years in the big leagues? Oof. Um, with? I'm not sure about with. I'm, I'd have to... Uh, I don't know if I played with anyone that played 20 plus. I might have. I don't 100% know about that. But I know I've played with a few blokes that were, you know... Um, Played a long time, like Terry Mulholland and, and a couple of the, you know, old school guys. Um, David Weathers, you know, some relievers that racked up, you know, thousand strikeouts and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, mate, the longevity and just being able to stay on the field and stay healthy is one thing. And then, yeah, to, to have that, um, you know, a lot of these guys obviously had great success earlier in their um, careers and they're great players and they've been given the opportunity then you know, to turn around and capitalize on that free agency, maybe sign a 10-year contract. Now, even so, teams will, you know, they'll let you go and pay you a fair amount of money. Um, 
but he's he's put up the production and obviously he's you know towards the end of the career here it's slowed off but he's um he's hit that milestone and that's it's pretty amazing feat you know i know we talk about him but we've also i think we want to do uh mention justin verlander and his situation yeah. there where he's coming um yeah you know, he's coming up on uh well i should say coming up but he's the next one to probably hit the milestone of 300 wins as a starter he just did last year before his tommy john um hit the 3000 strikeouts so he's got just over 3000 strikeouts and to put it, that in comparison to the leader <laughs> i know where you going with, with 5714 no, no one's, one's probably ever going to see that again no chance but the 300 and we talked about it a little bit he's got a shot at that um and you know we've there's a few things here when it comes to the verlander as far as you know, he wants to be back. He's close, I think. But doctors have sort of said to him, hey, you want the longevity? You want to keep pitching? Right. He says he wants to keep playing. Um, probably advising him to maybe not come back and pitch this year, even as a reliever, and to hold off. And, um, you know, then you get you get all the controversy as he's going into free agency. So will they pick up his contract and pay him that, you know, $10 million or whatever it's going to be? But... Um, I don't know what your thoughts are there, mate. No, it's. I'm glad you brought him up because just recently, I mean, he's 11, year, uh, 11 years, <clears throat> excuse me, 11 months from Tommy John. And you, you've had TJ, right? So yeah. there's all this talk about him coming back this year and he's super competitive. You know, I, I've met him once, but, you know, I, I know a bunch of guys who, when I was with the Astros, a bunch of those Astros players and Tigers players because the same spring training back in the day. We'd always talk about how competitive, how crazy competitive this this guy is. And if you if you don't play baseball, you're like, oh, well, all these guys are competitive. Yeah, sure. But there's certain guys that just have that thing about them. Regardless of what they've done, they just have to get more and more and more. And I think for Justin Verlander, you saw that before he went, <clears throat> excuse me, before he went to the Astros, he was starting to d- decline a little bit. And then he goes to the Astros and then just turns it on because he's willing to learn and adjust and, and keep working harder and harder. But you look at this, man. He had he looked, he looked had Tommy John at the end of September last year. So it's 11 months. Now, you've had TJ, right? So the recovery, and you know you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's, what, 12-plus months, easy, right? The recovery from TJ. Yeah, I guess you, you're looking around a year or so. Um, I think these days, you know, and I've got a buddy, Kirby Yates, who just went through the Tommy John, and there's – kind of mentioned something around 14 months for him, I think he was telling right. me. Um, but, yes, there's been blokes that have come back real early and re-injured it. So I think they caution on the on the safer side now and definitely, you know, over a year. So I think it if he was to come back, it, it might be a little too early. And, I mean, he maybe he could do it, but you'd also be taking the chance. And if you're looking for that longevity, um, I think he's been advised not to. I think too. I think if it was up to him, well, it's interesting, man. Like if it was someone who knew was at the tail end, they got a chance to play in the playoffs, win another World Series. The Astros are unreal, by the way. I mean, their offense is ridiculous. They're one, I think the toughest team in baseball right now. But when you look at it from the, from his point of view, this might be his last chance to play in the World Series or play in the playoffs. So you might look at that and go, as a player, you might be like, oh, man, hey, this is my last chance, really, because it's freaking hard and you've pitched in the World Series. It's one thing to play in the playoffs. He's already done it. I get that. But he's at the tail end. He's 38 years old. He's coming off of Tommy John. And you look at that 300-win mark. 
I think let's say let's say he even cares about the 300 win mark, and I think he does, man. I know wins and losses aren't a big deal in the game right now. I know they're not as big as what they were <laughs> 10 years ago. I don't care what you say, dude. You have to be doing some amazing, amazing stuff to get to 300 wins. I mean, there's a correlation between absolute all-time studs, Maddox, Glavin, Clemens, Randy Johnson, some of the latest ones who got to 300 wins. He's 74 wins away. So when I go back to the calculator again in my head because I'm so good at maths, basically you're looking at for the next four years, he has to win 18 games a year. So a lot of things have to go right. Plus the games change. They, they pull you away way faster now. No one cares about wins and losses, whatever. But still, man, I wonder if Justin Verlander sits there and goes, oh, yeah, I want to get 300 wins just to because because I'm Justin Verlander. You know what? I don't know him that well. But obviously, you played against him. You know him enough. I, I got to be around him in the All-Star game one year. I remember in 13 when he was there. And... Um, but uh, he, he was he was a good bloke from what I from what I remember. But uh, like I, I, said, I, I, heard he, I heard he's a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, mate, it all depends on who you speak to, I suppose. <laughs> but um, you know, he, like you said, he, he's one of the he's one of the blokes that are around at the moment that are still pitching in the game. That's obviously he's going to be a hall of famer. I think he could hang the boots up tomorrow and still got a hall of fame career. You know what I mean? But sure. uh, I, th- I think, like you said, the guy just wants more and more and more. He's 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 willing to keep going. He's obviously shown that in his late 30s, he's been an elite pitcher. He's won a Cy Young again. You know, the guy's done it all in the game. Um, so really, what what is there out there for him to play for? If he if I was to say, hey, you've done it all, um, and you're a Hall of Famer today, but hang the boots up. Well. I think, like you said, just being a competitor, I think that 300 is on his mind. I think he wants to yeah. be in that elite club and he wants to you know, cross off a few more milestones. So I can see him going another five years if he can keep, it, if he can keep up the – if anyone can do it, I'd, I'd say it's probably him. You know? so you're, yeah, you're, you're thinking he could pitch until he's – now, he's, again, TJ, when you're 30, 37, 38. And, again, I don't know Justin Verlander's from a bar of soap. Yeah, I could I could point the bloke out if he if he walked into a pub, yeah. but uh, <laughs> but I, I just it's one of those things that when when everyone talks and talks and talks, I don't know how much he pays attention to. Oh, you know, wins and losses, or he's, he's coming back from Tommy Johnson. I can be the same guy. That's all it takes for people like that, and people like you. I've been around you enough too, and people say, "Look, man, you're getting into your forties," and that's what I was thinking. I was like, "If he's got these doctors saying, sorry, mate, you can't pitch this year, not even in the bullpen," he's probably going, "Hey, screw you, out I go," and come, yeah. come running out in, in the playoffs in all his glory. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, I guess at the end of the day, you know, it's probably it's probably going to be up to him. It's his career, right? So yeah. I mean, he'll probably have the last say as to what he wants to do. Yeah, he'll make that decision. We'll all know here pretty soon, I suppose. Speaking of Tom, I want to ask you this, man. I've never had Tommy John because I looked after my arm a lot better than you did, basically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was a lot, a lot stronger. I could. <laughs> I looked up. Yeah, I looked after my body a lot more. If you can tell, if you're watching this and you can see the difference in the shape, but um, ah, come on, mate. You're in, yeah, you're in I mean, shape. So yeah, you, you doing boxing. You've been doing boxing. <laughs> yeah, mate, yeah. I'm trained up. I trained up pretty good, mate. I've seen you in the gym. Uh, you, go, you go pretty hard, mate. So nah, mate I can I can bench press a house, mate, but uh, that's what got me through. No, but I, I never had – I didn't throw hard enough. But you, if you're coming back from TJ, let's say he had it in September. So let's say you're at – I don't know if you remember, but that 11th month, 
you remember, and this is go, this is going back because it was a while since you had TJ. Yeah. When you were around that eleven month, were you looking thinking, okay, if I could come back literally and pitch in the playoffs at hundred percent? Well, you know, my situation was a little different because I I had an exploratory surgery to see if I needed the Tommy John. Then I had the Tommy John, and knowing that situation, the year before I had some issues with my shoulder. I actually had the Tommy John, rehabbed it for four and a half months, and then went out, had the shoulder done. And after all this, rotator cuff and labrum on the shoulder as well, came back and pitched after like 14 months. Um, and it was tough, mate. It was very mate, I tough. thought I thought it was just a bit of tennis elbow. Oh, yeah, I threw it, taped it up and just went out there. <laughs> Do you remember, that? remember those little straps you used to put on under your elbow? Like, yeah, I, like was, I was trying to do everything I could, you know? <laughs> But uh, I was trying to strap my arm together and do everything, but it just didn't work out. I ended up having to uh, go under the knife. And yeah, I think it was about 14 months, mate. I mean, it took a while. Right. And it was some it was a tough, some tough days mentally and physically, but I bet. I ended up coming back. And, uh, but to, to answer your question there with 11 months, uh, I think it's possible. No, you, you couldn't buddy wipe your ass anymore. I saw you at that Cooperstown Hall of Fame game. I, I dragged yeah. you out to that. So so for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, Cooperstown, before the Hall of Fame, you have the Hall of Fame Classic. And basically what it is, one player from each organization. So I represented the Seattle Mariners. You know, like AJ Pazinski was representing the White Sox. You had, um, what's his name, a flying Hawaiian, Shane Victorino was with the, the Phillies. Who else was there? Michael Kodaya. Was he? No, was it Kodaya? Was he there? Um, uh, Willie Bloomquist was there for the for the D-backs. You were there for the Tampa Bay. Hey, Nathan was there for Minnesota. That's right. Joe Nathan was there. That's right. So yeah. I dragged Grant out. I, I Grant out there. I said, "Hey, Grant, I, 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 let me talk to the the people here and get you so we can have a have a fun weekend. Maybe you know, crush a few cans or whatever." And yeah. you're like, and I said, "Yeah, but the, the thing is, you actually have to play. It's like a it's like a it's a game, right? Like all these alumni." Ex big leaguers have to play, <laughs> and you're like, oh, I don't want to pitch. You get out there, you're like, oh, I should be all right. And we get out on the field, never get. And you're looking at me like, mate, I cannot, I cannot throw because you tried to throw a couple times, and you're like, no chance. Oh, the wing, I was trying to roll it over, it just wasn't good. And I was like, yeah, you're right, mate. I said they won't mind, they're all good, but they were fine, yeah. dude. You didn't even, you didn't have to pitch, but you felt bad about it, all right, because you got a free trip yeah, out yeah. to Cooperstown. Yeah, I felt awful about it, but since then, I've. I've um, I actually started coaching some kids, so I've been doing some throw, oh, more throwing and stuff. So good, you'd be um, good for next year. I don't know if I can get on the pitch or not, but definitely feels a bit better than that day. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> the morning we ran the fun run. Remember in the morning they had oh, that, yeah, that five k, yeah, and you took one. off. I, I said, yeah, I said, oh mate, right. what's that? <laughs> Did you, uh, were you up there in the in your age group? Because we had the nah, Cooper. St- I don't know. They gave me a medal. They gave me a medal. I know that. Yeah, I got one too. Actually, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll share the photo of you and me doing the fun run. But I remember I was like, mate, yeah. you're you're in good shape, right? And I was like, and you're a good runner too, by the way. I was like, don't take off on me. And sure enough, what do you do? Like you're uh, like, oh. I went half. I remember got running halfway with you. Couldn't help yourself. I ran about halfway, and I said, "What do you think, mate? Are you?" What do you think if I took off? You're like, oh, I might go for it. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I said, I'm cooked. You know, I was passing people, trying to catch the leader. I don't know who. The, the bloke who won it obviously took off like a bat out of hell. And <laughs> you look <laughs> like Steve Monaghetti, mate. Yeah, Steve Monaghetti. How about him? He was good. <laughs> that was yeah, impressive. We had, uh, we had a good time. That was for sure. 
That was a blast, man. That was fun. And I, yeah. I literally dragged you up there because I knew I not that I knew, but I, I had a feeling if you didn't want to pitch, they wouldn't just be like you know pushing you to pitch like it's you know. But you did feel bad, but it was it was fun. It, it was it was a good week, good couple of days. We'll have to do it again next year for sure. Yeah, 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 it was a good time. Yeah. All right. So we've talked too much about baseball. Let's talk about some some Aussie stuff. Now, I'm going to have – at the end of each podcast, I want to have a little Aussie segment, whether you learn a little bit, a bit about Australians or if you are Australian, you can have a bit of a laugh, right? Everyone needs some laughs right now, Grant. It's super, super important. So a couple th- – I dragged out a couple of things. I know you've got your book. What's the book you got sitting in your lap right now? <laughs> I asked you to get this. Australia, Australia it's, Wikipedia. It's called Australiapedia. I love it. It's got a pair of pair of, as they say in the states, flip flops. We'll get to that here in a second. But I'm going to throw I'm going to throw a couple words at you. And I want you to explain because you're you're new to the podcast as a co-host, um, and then you're going to come up with some Australian topics as we get going, and and just just some just some just some typical Aussie behaviors. Good, some good, some bad. You know, I'm not I'm not ripping on Australia whatsoever. It's just funny because everyone can have a good laugh at this. But a couple words for the Americans who are listening to this and for the Aussies who can get a good kick out of it. All right. So a couple things. Number one, a burger with a lot. Explain that to the audience, please. So the burger with a lot, it's probably my go-to if I was going to go down to the milk bar. And for all you <laughs> listeners, the milk bar is like a place where you can go get, you know, bread, fish and chips, milk. Uh, a soft drink, kind of just the place to go grab some food if you're, you know, for a quick lunch or something like that, quick grab and go. And um, burger with the lot, mate, you just got the big, big meat patty. You got yourself a, uh, you know, an egg sunny side up. You got some <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, you got a, You got some beetroot. You got some lettuce, tomato, onions. Um, mate, it, it, it just comes with, it comes with everything you can think of. And it's, yeah. uh, it's absolutely beautiful. You sink your teeth into that, mate, and it's a good day. Yeah, get the chips Get the chips on the side as well, the fries. The one The one thing you did mention, though, is Aussies love the beetroot on the burger, which they say beets in the States. So yeah. I love that. And the egg, too. I forgot about the egg, mate. Get that egg just running all over the all over the oh, meat. Yeah. Fantastic. Right the side of your mouth, mate. Yeah, That's in the white know. paper bag. <laughs> get all over your fingers. Like, buddy, are you, you going to serve it yet? <laughs> <laughs> All you right, get some chicken salt on those chips too, would you? <laughs> now put some more chicken salt, would you? I'll show you on the thing. Yeah, sure. Like, come on, Sharif, don't 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 chintz out on the bloody two dot two bucks worth of chips. Just oh, hammering man. chicken salt or some. Remember, we used to get that. You remember the chips? They used to be in that bag, the white paper. They used to roll it yeah. up, with. and then you'd rip the top of the bag open and just get stuck. In all... <laughs> You'd eat the chips before you even got home. Yeah. yeah. In, the, in the car on the way home. That's right. Car smelled like chicken salt. That's right. Yeah, yeah. but that, I used to just eat that for lunch. Me and my mates are just basically like, you know, oh. in the middle of summer. Just oh, I just get two bucks worth of chips. I mean, it was Sophie, Sophie's chips down the road. She used to just, I'm talking two bucks, mate. It was more like Sophie's. eight bucks. Yeah, we, my place was Sophie's as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. Sophie. Oh. Yeah, mate. Yeah, big, big Sophie, mate. You get the battered salve, the Chico rolls. <laughs> yeah, they had it all down there. Get a move. A move. Oh, you got a move. Strawberry milk, chocolate milk. All right, moving on. Okay. All right, what's what, what's a bludger? Tell us what a bludger is. Uh, bludger is basically just some bloke that just sits around and does nothing, you know? <laughs> basically, you, you for the last five years, mate. You haven't done anything. <laughs> Jesus Christ, mate. I wish. Uh, it's uh, it's like you know you'd be doing something or playing some sport. You're like ah, you bludger. Come on, mate. You know, keep up. Put in, put in. Bludger, bludger. 
Yeah, so some like it's basically just, you know, not Play putting it. in, not working hard, just just bludgeon. Just Play, playing taking the easy way out. <laughs> playing touch footy, just sitting out of the play the whole time because you just yeah, you've yeah. eaten your two bucks worth of chips and you just you struggle just bludgeon. <laughs> All right, that brings us to the next one. You're playing some touch footy on the beach, wearing a pair of budgie smugglers. Now, what are budgie smugglers? Mate, the budgie smugglers are the um the speedos. So in Australia, you know, we you wear your it's board shorts in Australia, but a lot of blacks would put, you know, throw a speedo in. So obviously you wear, you know, back in the day, even in the Olympics, they wear the speedos to swim. But these days they've even switched it now. They got this new high tech stuff they're wearing. But um, yeah, good old, good old pair of speedos, mate. I remember when when my missus came to Australia for the first time, she met my dad. Now, my dad, he's in that generation of just straight wearing budgie smugglers down on the beach. It's a hot summer's day. Amanda rolls in fresh off the plane. I said, oh, my dad's down on the beach. Let's, let's, you know, keep your jet lag from getting jet lag. Let's stay away from being home because I don't want you to sleep. We'll go to the yeah. beach, whatever. Rock up and there's dad wearing a pair of budgie smugglers. Amanda's jaw just dropped like he's just <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, mate. I mean, hey. That's just the typical Aussie Aussie look, you know. Oh yeah. All right. Next one. Now this has been asked, and I had to I, I had to get the right reference here. It could go two ways, actually. So and Asher here at T Mobile Park said, Hey mate, I was talking to an Australian friend online, some friend who he he mentioned the booze bus. Oh, All right. Yeah. So, <laughs> tell us what a booze bus is. Yeah, so the, the booze bus is basically um, yeah. The, the police, they set up the booze bus. So any you know, on a Friday or a Saturday night, they're sitting there, um, you know, waiting for everyone to come home out of the uh, out of the pub and they got the booze bus. They're going to nab you, you know, <laughs> for drink driving. That's right. So, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The yeah. booze bus. They're like, uh, hey, mate, the booze bus is down on Sunny Alt Road. Just make a ride on. <laughs> make a ride on Vardy's and you, you shouldn't miss it, you know. Word gets out and everybody kind of tells to take the back streets, but um, yeah, it's now yeah, called. Cool. We got a couple of cops sitting back there too, so I'll get you. Yeah, everyone refers to it now, I guess, as the RBT. You know, but back in the day, it used to be the oh, booze yeah. buses. Like, oh, hey mate, they got the breathalysers. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah, you better, you better make that your last one, mate. They got the breathalysers out today. <laughs> Hey mate, what do they say? They say drink the, enjoy the first, sip the, no, enjoy the first, sip the second, refuse the third. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought it was just two, two in the first hour and one after that. And you're okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just, I, I've heard that somewhere. Right. So, so, <laughs> Uh, all right. All right. Okay. We've got time. We've got time for a couple more because I do want to mention one show I was thinking about last night. I wanted to bring up to you in our right. generation and some of the kids listening to this probably like, what are they talking about? All right. Yeah. The next one, chock a block. <laughs> one of my favorite oh. things to say. I still say it all the time. My daughter says it. My six year old daughter says, Oh, it, oh yeah. Explain to it what it is. And I'll, <laughs> we'll dive into it. Right. So if you said you were chock a block. Basically, you were saying, mate, I'm, I'm just chock-a-block full. Like I've had, if you ate the burger with a lot, you filled yourself up with a burger with a lot, a bag of, you know, a bag of chips. You said, oh, mate, geez, I'm chockers. Chock-a-block. <laughs> you basically, you're just full. You've had enough to eat. You're full. So. Yeah, or, or it could mean like, you know, you go down the beach or something on a, you know, on a hot day or something like that. You're like, oh, hey, how's the beach? Is it crowded? Yeah, it's chockers. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's chock-a-block. There's no there's no way to put your towel on your brolly, mate. Your umbrella. <laughs> yeah, basically it's uh it's just packed, packed full. 
Yeah, it's shocking. I, skills. It's shocking I, say all, I say all the time, like, uh, like, how's the parking <laughs> lot? Any parking down there? No, nah, it's shockers. <laughs> Okay. All right. We've got time. I don't want to keep you too long. I know you're a busy man, just bludgeoned sitting there down in Florida, but I've got one, one more thing I want to bring up. Now the show, I want to discuss this because it was, it was, it was too good, man. Back. I remember this as a kid every Saturday night, right? It was right. just, I think it came on at 6 PM. You know, if you're our right. age, you, you're going to know what we're talking about right away. Yeah. Hey, Hey, it's Saturday. Daryl right. Summers. Daryl uh, Summers. Dickie knee would pop up. It was basically, it was like a variety show, wasn't it? Oh yeah, he'd have a yeah, you know, comic, comical, you know, music, bring on, you know, they bring people on the show, they did some games. Oh, it was great. It was awesome. Everyone watched it. They, they, they would never have that anymore, but that was like the whole family would sit around and watch hey, hey it's Saturday on the Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'd be on for a couple of hours and you'd enjoy it. Oh, yeah, it'd be great. It great. And then and then they had I think towards the end of it, they had pluck a duck. So basically yeah, someone would get you had to pluck a duck. Like basically, the wheel would spin, and yeah, yeah you, the major prize was a car or something like that, or like a holiday to the Gold Coast or Fiji or something like that, or Bali. <laughs> <laughs> but the but mate, it, it it was awesome. But again, you never have that anymore. Like everyone sitting around on a Saturday night, and, and yeah. Dickie Dickie Knee would be the guy who'd rock up. He's just like a puppet or something, wouldn't he? He'd just pop up at the yeah, front of the table. Yeah, he was like a, like a, I think it was like some bloke. It was almost like a van. He wasn't a ventriloquist, but it was some no. bloke. Yeah, he had a puppet. His head would pop up. He wore that little blue hat. That's right. Yeah, the hair coming out like the wig. <laughs> it was just a little puppet, and it was just—it was all part of the show. It was pretty funny. <laughs> That's right. So, stuff. what if if you if you ever bored, you want to go down. Uh, this is kids. If you want to go check out YouTube, go go look out look up some Hey Hey it's Saturday because that was like the highlight of my week. I remember sitting there, you know, with, with uh, yeah. the parents, or whatever, waiting for Hey Hey it's Saturday to come on at six p.m. at night. Pluck a duck oh, at the yeah. end. I remember Daryl Summers freaked out one time because they'd given away the one week they gave away the car. You know what I mean? That's a big deal, right? Like, get, yeah, get away yeah. the car. Next week, boom, same person, pluck a duck, bang, got the car again. And they're freaking yeah. out because all of a sudden they've just given away two cars. Like, how do we afford this? <laughs> We're running out of cars. <laughs> week three, I swear to God, I sit there watching it with my old man. Week three, I ne- it's one of my earliest memories. Whack, they get the car again three weeks in a row. And Daryl Summers just kind of put his head down like this because they probably all sat around like, hey, make sure this chick here does not get the car because we're yeah. screwed. You <laughs> <laughs> don't have enough Toyota Camrys. But they, yeah, the three cars that. pulled off the off the big plucker duck wheel. Um, yeah, the big plucker would run around all over the place. Good times, uh, mate. Good what stuff. Was, was it on Hey Hey It's Saturday or was it a separate one? It's the name of the game. Remember it was, was on it's, it's, that Wasn't was it's, it, it's a knockout. They it's a knockout. That was a different show, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like um. The, the, oh, that was it, a great. That was great that, too. I used to love that was that. awesome. That was awesome. It was like um. Yeah. It was like what's that show now? Not not American Ninja Warrior, but the um. It's like yeah, the, I know the, you want the one where they talk. Um, the blokes talk in the background, and the people try to do the obstacle course. And yeah, fall off ob- and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. They're getting That's these huge really funny. You know what's funny about that? Because I used to love that show too. I remember that. It, it, it's a knockout. That's the name of the game. That's right. I remember. Wait, when, I'd be glued to the TV when that came on. Loved it. We're on, we're on holiday somewhere, and they had the big suits. Remember, they used to run around the big suits. Big sumo big, suits. Yes. Yeah. We, we actually saw. I don't know if it was the same. If it was from, it's a knockout. The actual show, but we saw the same yeah. suits. 
Aaron, yeah. it could have been with me. Dad's like, oh, that's from It's a Knockout. Like they're in storage somewhere. I, don't care. I was like, oh man, that's big time. But I remember that show, dude. That was massive. Massive yeah, that show. Was great. That yeah, was great. Yeah. Uh, good times. All right. Well, this was fun, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to doing this every week. Now, just a qu- couple quick reminders. Make sure you go subscribe, right? Need some laughs. All right. We're going to give you plenty of laughs. If you're into baseball, you're not. You can have a listen to some of Grant's yarns, some of his stories, his guys he's played with, telling big league stories all day. Um, but this is going to be fun, man. This is going to be once a week. If you want to follow me on social media, Instagram or Twitter, it's at hyphen 18. Now, one other thing. We're going to hear from our listeners here. Grant, you've got to get on social media, mate. Everyone wants to see what you're up to instead of just bludging around the house. Everyone wants to see your snap photos of Florida in your house. The OCD the is you killing in. me. Bloody cleaning this place every day. <laughs> yeah, you got are a clean freak. Got, We're to go gonna talk- got to go and clean the floors when I'm done. Now, if you don't know this about Grant too, and I've told people this, you have got OCD, like the worst I've ever seen, mate. Everything has yeah. to be clean and just... It's some serious OCD. We're going to talk about that in a future episode. It's <laughs> pretty funny because there's been yeah. times when Willow, Glenn Williams, who another Aussie played in the big leagues with the twins, when he was up with the twins at your house, remember he was living at your house in Minnesota? Yeah. And I came up during the All-Star game. We hung out. I was up there for a few days. I think I was, I was like right. 20, 21 years. It was like 2005 or something like that. Yeah, and that's right. Willow's up there. Willow and I would mess with you, dude. So we'd sit there. We'd be watching TV, sitting around. And you put all the and everything was so neat, man. You've got OCD like crazy. Everything was so lined up. Like I'm looking at this desk I'm sitting at right now. There's crap everywhere. And I'm like, if Grant was looking at this, you would come along and straighten everything out. So we would mess with you. I don't even know if you realize this, but we'd be sitting there, have a drink, like a a cup on the coaster. You would go off to go get something, and we would take the cup off the coaster and just time and see how long it took you to realize and quickly slide the cup right back on the coaster. (laughs) It was insane. I mean, you had you had the little dust buster at your shuffleboard table. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, where that sand gets everywhere, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too funny. Oh, you're kidding. Awesome. Well, anyway, this has been fun. I'm going to let you go. Uh, I know you got a big schedule ahead of you the rest yeah, of the day, but this has been fun, Grant. Uh, and again, make sure you subscribe. Uh, if you and I'm going to put some clips up on. I might even put this whole thing up on YouTube. Maybe we're going to see. We're going to see how many people like listen to this on YouTube yeah. or who's driving around listening to this, having a good laugh on the way to work. Aussies too. I know you're stuck in quarantine right now. Excuse me, not quarantine, but lockdown. Get some laughs, mate. If you want a good laugh with this, we're thinking about you. All you Australians, especially in Sydney and Melbourne, crazy. Yep. Good day to everyone back home in Australia, and I uh, hope you guys can enjoy this. We'll give you. <laughs> Yeah, a little, little good spirit. Awesome. We'll catch you next week. You'll never say that I'm not killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. 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 Killing them.
Till I collapse.